This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. We do a podcast on this lovely Wednesday, and usually it's But today, for the second time in a calendar year, we have a special guest. Now, this gentleman spent his hard-earned money to sit in as part of the Hungerthon benefit, and that is very cool. His name is Andrew Lee. We had a good hour with him last year. He's back again. What's up, Andrew? How are you? Hello, Al. Hello, Jerry. Oh, good hi, to be back. Andrew. What is up? Now, last time I uh, just started a podcast, started the podcast regularly. Then, many minutes through, I realized you had brought some topics of your own so do you have topics today i don't want to delay them i want to get right to your topics you need answers to absolutely i came with uh two pages two pages worth of topics wow. two pages i normally have a for a podcast i have a a posty note and i'll write a couple words <laughs> down things i wanted to remember to ask jerry about like i have a lot of ants at home now i was i that would have been on my list for the day Talk to Jerry about my aunt situation. So two pages is quite a lot. By the way, where's your friend? He didn't make the trip with you this year. Well, here's the thing, Jerry. I actually moved to Florida. So wow. there is, um, I, I moved like two months ago. Oh, good for you. So uh, I don't know that many people down in Florida, right. but uh, it would have been a hassle to try to coordinate yes. someone coming from Maryland. No, no, understood. Coming and from, from, and coming where Florida. in Florida are you now? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, nice. Good for you doing we're stupid jerry we're idiots God, darn it actually i'm doing uh I, i'm doing the owl lifestyle i moved right next to the beach in a condo next to the beach. love it and unlike al i actually go to the beach what and you also get more months at the beach that is yeah. true as well that's the beauty of that that's a yeah living at the beach in new jersey is cool for a few months and then it gets really sad for a, <laughs> for a lot of months it gets it gets depressing I like there's it. no one there and it it's looks, gray. Yeah, it's gray. Yep. Man, Florida is where it's at. Good for you. I'm impressed. I yeah. like it. I highly recommend it. It's been uh, fantastic so far. Nice. nice. So I guess uh, I'll start with the first topic on my list. Please do. Apparently, inflation is a real thing. I mean, this thing cost $2,500 last year, and it was up to 2800 this <laughs> year. Wow. <laughs> well, we th- well, the on people thank you, too. Yeah, the Hungerthon. Oh, so, so someone was battling you? There was no battle this year. It was just uh, I, I put in the last bid and uh, I, I won. I guess. And they hit uh, you up at 2800 2, Yeah, this uh, this thing is accelerating at a rapid pace. Well, we ought to get next year $3,000 for this, Jerry. Well, we'll see. Unless the... inflation comes back down and it's 1200 Right. Good point. <laughs> right. We don't want that. I <laughs> know. Would, would that be, be good for the com- for the economy or bad if the if the I think charity... infl- if inflation comes down, it's good because people have more money to spend. But it would be bad for the charity if the price came down. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, fair enough, Jerry. But then the charity would have their money would go further if inflation was down. Very true. With less cash. Very true. That is correct, Al. Yes, thank you. Hmm. So I'll start with a with a question for you guys. Do we have any? Uh, do we have any data? How were the How were the downloads on my last uh, appearance? Was That's it, a good uh, question. Uh, I don't know. I will tell you that our downloads are pretty consistent. Um, there are not really any spikes or when there are spikes, there aren't any really good reasons for it. I think people download it or don't download it and then they see what's going on. That's reassuring. Good Unless to know that I did yeah. tank the, no, uh, no, no, tank no, the no, five no. star rating. On Matter Apple. of fact, I think it's cool because it's different. Something yeah, like this. I think the only way it would that you could spike it as if you were somebody who had a large social media following and then I you got not. right exactly who who is you know what i mean like it's difficult to do that. that i think that's the only way certain podcasts spike over others for all, all the podcasts especially world. if you're consistent 
Yeah, if you're consistently doing your regular podcast and you have uh, somebody with a big following who tweets out that they're going to be on it and people are interested in that, that'll spike a number. Which, by the way, Andrew, in 2022, we took over as the number one Odyssey podcast. Yeah, Odyssey original podcast. That's right. That was also the year that I came aboard. Yes, there you go. (laughs) There you go. Interesting. I might take a little bit of credit for that. All right. 150th. (laughs) 150th credit. You got it. So I I do recall last year that uh, the description for the podcast was Alan Jerry Talk to a Listener. Any way I can get my name in the description this year? Absolutely. How do you spell your last name? (laughs) X-I? L-I. L-I. X is my middle name. Oh, I knew there was an X in there. Oh, that's cool. So if I say Andrew L-I. Yes. Sits down with Alan Jerry. Now that's kind of neat. I can do that. That would be my name, yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and I did ask this last year. This is the last of my sort of introductory questions. Okay. But uh, how, how is the man friend Paul doing? Is he still around? Is he still alive? <laughs> Good. I do have a, a, a man friend Paul update. Paul uh, has uh, is married, but he may he was been married a couple of years now. But he did just he was always an apartment dweller, and he and his wife just purchased a townhome. Mm. So they're finding out what it means to be owners. Instead. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, they are finding that. That it does suck. There's a lot of uh, things that need to be fixed in homes. So Paul is still working a lot from home, but uh, seems to be doing well. Marriage seems to be going well. He's got a dog now that... Uh... So your experience with Whimsy did not dissuade him? No. Although, I got to tell you, he, he's got a, one of these dogs that you can't leave home alone. Oh, boy. Yeah. Nor did Jerry's experience in homeownership. Right. Him. This is Al. You just read my mind because on my list is uh, comparing living in a house versus a condo or apartment. Yeah, well, Jerry has been uh, talking about this recently about the home ownership versus renting, renting or even townhoming. Yeah, what do you would you say are the main differences between not renting, but if you're owning a condo or townhouse versus owning a home? Why well, it would depend on your HOA and what they're taking yeah. care of and what they're fixing. If you're responsible for everything, yeah, it's the same. It's just a smaller place to take care of. Yeah, that, I always try to do the math on that, right? So with a homeowners association, I think mine is like three seventy a month. Is that more or less a month I would be spending on maintenance? What do you get? What do we get, Jerry? We get um, the the grounds, right? All right, so because so, I can tell you, when I lived in Brick, down in Brick, New Jersey, our property taxes, which were very low, I want to say, man, were $3,000 a year, which in Jersey is low, maybe even 2800 We got with that um, sewer garbage pickup, recyclables, and there was something else, I forget. There's no garbage pickup in my town um, now where I am, so that cost me $300 a quarter. That was something I never had to deal with. Plus, the landscaping is about approximately $200 a month. So right off the bat, your HOA is probably covered by what I'm spending to take care of the grass and just have the right. garbage be picked up. Now, the problem with that is they could decide, and they do at the end of every year, hey, guess what? Next year, it's true. now 380 and true. then 390 And then, oh, this is a bad year. We had to bump it up $50. Then there's, it's never going to come down. But I also do think that if you buy a home... And you keep it for a number of years. It does seem like it makes you money over time. It should. It should, but not always. Depending upon the market. Over a long period of time, it should. Right. I was in Basking Ridge, a beautiful neighborhood with a great high school, like a highly ranked public high school. And I was in my condo for nine years and I lost about 20 grand. Right. It's not, there's no, nothing is set in stone. But the place I moved into now, three years ago. You're making money. I probably can make 45% on what I paid for it if, if I were to sell it now. But right then i got to go somewhere. Right. Now, it's tough. When you say you make 45%, is that the amount that you put in um, initially, including the – I assume you got a mortgage? When yeah. yeah. You, um, does that include the amount that you borrowed? Um, no, I think when I look at it, I'm like, if I paid – let's for round numbers. Let's say I paid 500 for it. Three years ago, I could probably sell it for seven fifty, but that five hundred includes an amount that you borrowed yeah, yeah, from yeah. the bank. Yeah, that's that's sort of what my experience has been looking at, like people that own rental properties and such. It's a good investment in terms of 
what other investment would the bank allow you to borrow 80% on? They're not going to let you borrow 80% to just put in the stock market. No. Even though you could, the average return on the stock market is like 11% a year. But there's nothing that they can take from you if, in fact, the stock market crashes. (laughs) Correct. Correct, right. So, I mean, people say that real estate is a good investment. It's a good investment if you you can take out um, a high amount of debt on it. But that's sort of an unfair comparison to other assets because you can't really borrow and just say, oh, I want to buy crypto or I, I want to buy gold. Well, you can borrow against it and do what but you 80, want with it. 80%? Uh, some banks will give you up to 90 So if you're in a house, I mean, you know, we've, if you have no, equity I mean in the home. No, I mean to purchase other assets, not Oh, no, I'm estate. saying real estate, you know, borrowing for the real estate and then borrowing against that as your asset. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then using that to then invest. That's well, true. Well, that's a weird one, too, because I bought my house three years ago when the rates were very low. Mm-hmm. I'm like two point something percent. I'm under three percent. And yet I'm trying to pay down my mortgage when I probably should just be paying the minimum, taking whatever money I would be adding to my mortgage and put that in the stock market. Right. You know, where what you I mean? make money on it where I can make money on it. But I also want to be in retirement without a mortgage. So I want to pay that down as much as I can. So it's a, but I could be doing that by putting the money in the stock market and in six years, take a lump sum out and pay my hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I try to listen to these financial guys. They it all gets have confused. different ideas. Right. They all have different opinions. Yes. Tough. I mean, I, I think that if, uh, it depends on when you plan on retiring, but if it is longer than say seven to 10 years, yeah. um, then I, w- I would put it in the market right. and say the over time the average of eleven percent is going to be get get you a better benefit than the two percent or three percent interest that you're paying down. Yeah, that eleven percent's fugazi number two. It's before inflation, which is uh, kind of fugazi. I guess. Yeah, because there are some uh, years like you could look year to year, like when you look at your your statements. There's some years you make four percent, some years where you make twelve percent, some years where you make one percent. Now, one thing uh, that I will observe, um, you can invest in real estate in the like stock market. It's called a REIT, uh, Real yeah. Estate Investment Trust. I looked at the like returns on those things. They're horrendous. They are like the worst performing See, asset I don't understand that. that I have in my portfolio. Yeah. They like If I get 5% a year on, on my real estate investment trust, I'm like, that's considered good. And I'm like, why am I even holding this? Right. You would think real estate would be a higher... What Thing. type of real estate? Re- REITs are primarily commercial, uh, commercial real estate. Oh, yeah, now that's so, true. So the the shopping malls, the Simon Centers, those uh, those outlets are are really dragging me down. Depends on where. <laughs> a little bit. Depends on where. Mine are yeah. doing quite well. I mean, now the company I deal with only 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 works in Texas, Florida, and Tennessee. They will not buy any property in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Um, it, they're all good tax states that they go so in. So they're going to places where people are moving yeah. to. Oh, yeah. And they have 98% occupancy. All of their, not all, most of their tenants are of the entertainment and dining mm-hmm. uh, variety. They don't have stores any longer. Um, and I would say our numbers, forget 5%, 5%, they close up shop. If they don't make 15 to 18%, it's not worth their time. And they do really well, and they have for 15 years through a pandemic, too. Man, I got to get in on this, Jerry. They had good res- I, no, I want to hear it. I offered you, <laughs> you that did. seven years ago. Yeah, I was like, You blew I was, that one. That was too scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was your fault. Yeah. Wait a minute. Geo convinced you to get into Bitcoin, and yeah. Jerry couldn't convince you to buy real estate, which well, has been around since, the, like, my, the my, Indians. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but here's why. The Bitcoin, I only put in $2,500. And Jerry's was a larger, yeah, it was a larger start, yeah. commitment. And I was scared. I understand. Fair enough. And fair I made enough. money on Bitcoin. By you the did. Way. You were. You did. Lucky Good you. I, yeah. I did not. <laughs> yeah. I was at one point making really decent money, and then I got greedy. So no, you didn't get greedy. You set a you set a price in your mind. That's true. That you were going to check out of, because it could have gone to your number, and you would have pulled out of it, and it would have kept going, and then you would be like, oh, yeah. That's true. I I did actually set a number for that, yeah. that that didn't make it. Just didn't quite get there. Didn't get there. It's close. 
I made a critical mistake when I was investing in crypto. I was treating it like stocks, which I hold for a long period of time. Yeah. And so I just bought it and I held it and I didn't really check it. As it was going down, you didn't Correct. realize. I was like, oh, well, I guess uh, there, there goes that money. But, yeah. Uh, Maybe one day it'll come back. And I think it will. I do. I think that's going to be a slow rise back up to where where it got to. Slow Hope rise so. to my I retirement. Do. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. My very well could be. Very well could be. All right. So that uh, transitions well into another sort of group of topics. That, All right. Uh, that I think you guys would have good input on, and I call this sort of common sense advice that doesn't really make sense. All right. So we talked about buying a house. Everybody says buy a house as early as you can. Right. We sort of talked about sometimes that's a good idea, sometimes that's not a good idea. Um, I'll throw out a couple examples that I have on my list. You guys can add some of your own or you can expand on the ones that I put on put out there. Like one of one of the things that I have is like working hard is like considered good advice. But why would you want to work hard if you could work not hard? Instead, well, I don't work hard. <laughs> work smart, would you say? Not hard. I mean, I feel like if you are at a job that is like taking the like beating you up every single day, like mentally or physically, like maybe that's not a job for you. Go get another job. Yeah, yeah. like find a job that you um, sort of comes easy naturally to you. Like that would be my suggestion. That well, and, and that's I the whole about. thing of, you know, do what you love and, and you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, everybody always says that. I do think it's hard for some people to find that because I don't know if people know what they love. That sounds crazy, but I think there are some people like, hmm, what would make me happy to go to work every day? And I don't think a lot of people can, like, find that answer. Not to mention the fact most people do like the safety and comfort of the paycheck and mm-hmm. don't want to go try new things. Also, you might have something that you love doing as a hobby, but would you want to do it eight hours a day and sort of take a more technical approach to it? Like, Jerry, you love to golf. I do. Would you like to uh, spend eight hours a day analyzing your swing angle and say, okay, well, I need to hit the ball in this particular area of the club? And Well, that's very technical. But if you were talking about a career in golf, the answer is yes. And prior to becoming full-time here as an anchor back in 1999, I was contemplating going to um, PGA school to become mm-hmm. a teaching pro. Not that um, that doesn't mean I'm a great golfer. It means I would be trained to run a golf club and be in charge of the club. And I thought that would be a really good path to go in. Um I think there are different career like no would I want to be a bartender at a golf club just to be around golf no mm-hmm. what you're talking about you're that's very technical but I would find it fun to be a teaching pro or to own a driving that to me would be the greatest thing which I've talked about many times own a driving range people come in spend the money buckets of balls just go collect them sit back collect the money do the repairs fix what you have to do next day do the same thing that sounds like a blast to me I guess the thing is that like People say they love playing baseball, so they want to be baseball players. When you're a ba- professional baseball player, you don't just go out. And it's play a grind. Baseball. You have to do. Sure. You have to lift weights. You have to do yeah. like sp- watch film. You have to do hitting training. There are a lot of minutia, um, a lot of smaller things that go into it that people don't often think about when they say, "Oh, I want it. I like doing this. I want to do it as a professional." Sure, there's always more to it, but I, that too, that also comes down to the to the kid at the time, like the kids I coach now, thirteen and eighteen. You can see the personality. Mm-hmm. Some can't wait to be on the field, can't wait to practice, are annoyed when practice is over. There are others where they're dragged to practice. They might be good at it, mm-hmm. but they don't want to be there. It's just like it comes naturally to them. They're good at it. Eh. And they might play in high school because they're good at it. But then, but then there are kids that you can see would do it until they die, no matter at what cost. I think it depends on the person. That's true. I mean, Al, you're, a, you're obviously a fan of radio. Um, yes. When you were listening to radio as sort of a, a, a middle schooler or a high schooler, did you, um, I guess, was it a different perspective than sort of um, now that you're a radio professional looking at like just behind the behind the scenes, like what goes into doing an ad read? What like when do we need to break yeah, that type of stuff? No, I think uh, I just listened to Howard Stern and he used to like things that were on TV when I was younger seemed like. I was very impressed by things that I would watch on television and movies seemed difficult to do and 
skill set. And Howard just made it seem like everybody on the radio sucks except him. Anyone could do this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, why can't I do this? He's right. Like, this stinks that all these other stations stink, but he's good. What about all these other radio stations? I go work there. So that's why I thought it wasn't as, yep. uh, of all the entertainment things, it seemed the easiest. <laughs> so new afternoon drive on WFAN, Al Duke's solo, 2 to 7.30. <laughs> oh, my God. That I could not do. That would be hilarious. Can you imagine if they announced that? <laughs> no. That first day, I'd be like, what? And you got to break down the game. You actually have to sit down and watch the games. I'd be reading articles on the microphone, just trying to get to the next segment. Some people don't realize how hard it is from the standpoint of timing. So I always, I've told this story a lot. When I was back at, what was it, 15, what was the station? 1530. 1530, W, uh, JDM. JDM in Elizabeth. Uh, when I was just getting into radio that was my first job and my job was to run the board for whatever paid programming was coming in and one of the shows was a guy by the name of joe beningo he was trying to get here and he was buying time at wjdm it was like tuesday nights from six to seven so he comes in he does the first few weeks things went really well and then fan gave him a chance and it happened to be on a tuesday night overnight into wednesday so he's like hey i can't do next tuesday and i thought here it goes he's going to give me the chance to do the show he goes, but I got a friend of mine coming in to do it. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. Never forget the guy's name, Jack D. I won't say his last name because I don't want to embarrass him. So this guy comes in all thinking, like, I'm going to do a show. This is going to be amazing. And we're getting close to 6 o'clock. Uh, the, the, the music show is ending. So I get in there during the commercial break. I'm like, hey, we got to go. We got four minutes. Okay. He gets all settled in, and I see him taking out papers, handwritten. I'm like, it's interesting. It's a lot of notes. You know, because I only saw Joe have a couple of notes and just right off the top of his head. So I hit the open, turns his mic on, and I point to him, and he goes. He proceeds to read, like just read five or six pages. Comes to the end, and he looks at me like this. He turns the mic off and goes, what do I do now? I'm like, talk. We don't have a mm -hmm. break for like three minutes. So he proceeded to reread page one. We go to break. He goes, hey, I, I thought this would be the hour. I don't have anything else. I'm like, Okay, like you're doing the show. Figure it out. He reread four times, like he, and he, you could see the sweat beads, and he was nervous. Like I don't know what to do. It's hard when you're just talking to yourself essentially and get in filling hours and not be boring. It's hard to do. It's why few few people are really good at it. And we talk about on the especially on the days like it's it the easiest day would be a Monday after yeah. NFL Sunday, but those. Things are few and far between. There's a lot of days. A lot of Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, where even in the morning when I come in and Jerry uh, Jerry's at his desk, it was even happened this morning. Today. today. And Jerry goes, I don't know what we're doing today. I'm like, well. But, like, I think about for an hour, I have stuff that I, I know will be fun for an hour. Stretching that to four hours, I don't know how guys do that. So let me ask you this. Um Sort of two connected questions related to that. How do you guys know, um, sort of as just broadcasters, when you had a good show? And what do you listen to in other broadcasters to say, oh, that's a quality that I like or uh, that's something that needs to be improved upon? Don't go first. No, go ahead. Uh, flow. To me, you know when you did a good show. I mean, I've walked out of here uh, doing shows with a lot of different people. I've looked at them like, that was trash. Like, you can feel it. You know it. It's just not working properly. It's choppy. And then you will walk out of here some days. And for whatever reason, I seem to work very well with Salicata. I don't know why. I will walk out and feel like we just did the best show I've done in years. And I don't do it often. I only fill in. Um, to me, and to answer the other part of that, which is kind of connected, and there are a couple of shows I do listen to, it's the flow of a show. Is it working? Does it go from topic to topic seamlessly, or does it seem forced? And you can tell. Like You can tell when a guy's not very good. Or he's boring. Energy is a big part of it, too, which I think you'd agree with. Yeah, that's why I like the, the hour show. I feel like for us, I, I, I would say the overwhelming amount of days when I walk out of here at 6 a.m. to go in there, I'm very happy with what we did. And strangely, and this would happen during the Craig era as well as the Geo era, on a Monday after football, sometimes those mornings are the least fun and flowing shows. And I don't know if it's because 
I feel like there's a lot of stuff we have to get to because it was football Sunday, so it's not as free-flowing as as some of the other days. But uh, I always think of it like a, you know, like a, a baseball pitcher or a baseball team. It's like just don't have two bad ones in a row. You have two, two bad ones in a row, yeah. that's where you start to go, what, what, what's going on here? What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Is there a person at uh, at the radio station, and this uh, I'll ask this question to each of you individually, that you have never worked with that you would like to do a show with? Um, no. That I've never worked with? No, I don't. What about Evan? I would love to see you. I've done uh, shows with Evan. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've done a handful of them. Not a lot, uh, but I filled in with him in the afternoon twice. He did a morning show with me once. Um, no, I've worked with Evan. Okay. And yeah, and plus I anchored with him all the time, had a lot of interaction with him. So yeah. Yeah, I would get nervous if it's somebody other than Jerry or CeeLo. <laughs> <laughs> really? Peter? Yeah, Peter, no. Al, Al and Salicata, that's a show I want to see. I actually yeah. did one time. Yeah. But I was nervous in that because I don't know, like Sal has his, Sal's so used to doing a solo show. Yeah. And knows much more sports than me. And I don't know. I, I was nervous the day to do it with Sal. I remember when we when me and Sal did it, you and Eddie were in there, and CeeLo was doing the uh, anchoring. I remember him at, like, 9 o'clock. He's like, I wish we could do this every day. Like, he had a blast. It was just, it worked. Yeah. The five of us worked. The way our normal five worked. It right. just worked. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that chemistry, when yeah. Jerry's talking about flow, it is. So, all these times when people are like, oh, Craig doesn't know about sports, or Craig, that doesn't matter. He's still beating a what people might consider a more knowledgeable sports show with mm-hmm. no problem. People aren't coming really for the sports knowledge. They're coming for to be entertained and for there to be a flow and sound like a conversation's going on, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the personality of the people on air is a, is a big part of that. I agree. All right, let me ask you this. Yeah. You're a great per- person to ask. So for years, we have just, no one cares about hockey. We don't talk about hockey. I, for reasons that everyone thinks no one's going to listen. I happen to agree with what you just said. I think back to the Mike and the Mad Dog days, and it didn't matter to me what they were talking about. I listened because I like Mike and I like Chris, and it worked together. I think Boomer and Carton worked together. Boomer and Geo works together. To me, if they're talking about badminton, hockey, or the Jets, I'm listening. Do you agree, while the subject might be somewhat relevant, that it's more who you're listening to rather than what they're talking about? A hundred percent. And I'll give you an example um, about that. Like, I'm not a fan of the Jets or the Giants, but I listen to Boomer and Geo in the morning, in in, in football season. During football season, regardless. Right? I, I, I don't really care about the Knicks. I don't care about the Nets. I listen to, to you and you and Al, uh, mm-hmm. the warm-up show, every morning. It's because I want to – It's I'm probably not the – typical WFAN listener in the sense that they're always saying, oh, we want more sports, we want more sports, blah, blah, blah. We talk about the game, blah, blah, blah. But I don't really care that much about the games because if it's a game that I care about, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to draw my own opinion. Yeah, that's true. And then if it's not a game that I don't care, or not a game that I care about, then I sort of just, I, I would rather hear Al tell stories of his time in Tampa um, or Jerry talk about uh, life, ph- in the face with a golf life philosophies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Then listen to like Boomer talk about the Bengals beating the Chiefs in Week 16. It's like uh, like I watched the game, right? Or I didn't watch the game, and I don't really care that right. much. Uh, yeah, that's the weird part now for sports is that all of us have the same information now, right? And in the Mike and the Mad Dog days, that really wasn't the case. They had more knowledge than you, you know, and I don't think. That's necessarily the case now. If you want to see all the highlights, break you know, you watch a condensed version of a game, read all the articles, go through Twitter, like you you can get as much knowledge as the host, but what 
how they deliver that knowledge and entertain is what is the difference. I think that you can get as much information as the hosts. Like um, Boomer, obviously NFL quarterback for, for many years, NFL MVP. He might have an insight that, that I would not. That is true. However, um, at the same time, I could say, and this is not taking a shot at, at, at Gio or, or Craig, but like if Gio watches a football game and I watch a football game, um, what makes his sort of insight any better right. than me watching the same game? Like why do you care about own? his opinion? It's, he didn't play. It's not that I don't care about his opinion. It's more just like, um, well, he's not – I'm not listening to Geo for his um, knowledge of the seven-step dropback. I'm listening to Geo because I think he's he's funny and mm-hmm. he does does impressions or or it's, right. it's not, I'm just using Geo as an example. It would be like somebody like like Craig would be something like that. Like I do think like Evan probably is one of the more knowledgeable uh, sports personalities at, at WFA. Yes. And so when he talks about baseball in particular, it's like oh I, I learned something when I listen to him. But there are many people that are like okay I probably know. A similar amounts mm-hmm. or, or, or just like they are died in the wool fans like they might watch more games than me but I don't, I don't know yeah and in some cases with some hosts probably aren't watching as many games as you right which is another thing or not just here but in a lot of places now Evan also has an incredible memory yes. that he could just pull up stats and facts that he knows off the top of his head which is incredible yeah it's impressive. It's the same like Evan does with baseball games from years gone by. The way Boomer does with games he played in. Boomer knows so many details. And we check them and he's, he yes, nails them. I about know. random regular season games that didn't matter. And he'll, re- I remember through three touchdown passes. And then, yeah, well, I'll check in on football reference. And there it is. It's incredible. I don't know how these, how they have that, how Evan does it with baseball and Boomer with games he played in. What's crazy about that is that I actually have a distinct memory of Boomer saying about certain games, like, I have no recollection of that game whatsoever. Some. Okay, that seems very rare to me. So many times he brings things up. He he doesn't seem to have recollection of things like, he's like, Boomer, you were on the, the soap opera One Life to Live. That he doesn't remember. Or I think I must have done a commercial for Diet yep. Coke. Or, but sometimes the games themselves, he knows a lot of details. I want to say the particular game I'm thinking about was like I think that he played a game in Houston, and then he had like something about the second half happened, and he's like I just don't remember anything. Well, about I know that he game. used to get his ass kicked in uh, Houston. He he will tell you that they used to uh, beat him that, up. On that that might have been on that uh, turf. That that might have been the Oilers. The uh, the Oilers. Oh yeah. Speaking of Boomer, I w- I w- I'll bring this to you a, a more lighthearted moment. One of the most surprising things I've ever heard on the airwaves. Boomer Esiason uses tax slayer? That's what he said? Tax slayer? Yeah, he does his own taxes? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Beats me. Did he, was he doing a commercial for tax slayer? No, he just brought it up on the air <laughs> one time, and, it was, and I just stopped, and I was like, I, I rewound. I was like, this is this is That I could not answer. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't recall that at all. Don't know. That that's right up there with Eddie Scazzari has a wealth management. Team. That is incredible. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. I am still stunned by that. Yes, I think that's awesome. <laughs> the man who tells everybody that you will never have more money to drive to drive a Toyota Camry is somehow socking it away. He know? figured like, it out. He has those cars. He keeps them for years. And, and no kids. No kids. And he's socking it away. Good for him. Yeah. What do you guys have a particular moment that you recall that was just like shocked or just flabbergasted by something that surprised you like that? Oh, I went first last time. You first. By what about the Boomer using tax layer or Eddie having enough financial on the show that like completely surprised you? Like I would never have thought that. Other than the morning Craig was arrested because that was a <laughs> that was a shocker. <laughs> That's yeah, a that good was. answer. Actually. That was a shocker. Um, hmm, I, I don't know if I can think of. No, top of my head, no. I'd have to really think about that. I mean, the one about the morning Craig was arrested, clearly. Yeah, that was a big was one. Was life-changing. Yeah. That was a very uh, that was a very weird day and then a few months. I think when uh, we had first got here in 2007 or 2008 when, when Russo was leaving, that was weird to me. Yes, because it was. I felt like I finally was like my first time ever working at a stable radio station. FAN had been around forever. Sure. The show was already starting to be successful. And then you're telling me the legendary afternoon show is breaking up yeah. now. I thought it would destroy the radio station. Sure. Well, and two years prior, with I Miss being fired, 
That was a stunning. I was that was oh seven. He got fired. Well, we started in oh seven, so, so yeah, he got he fired in like May. Was, yeah. At that point, I was at the radio station for ten years, and I I remember people like salespeople and management walking around in a major panic when he was clearing out, and I, we lost account after account, and the money coming in was right into the toilet. I remember salespeople coming back from business meetings trying to keep clients were not interested and just losing if not millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars of accounts and big commissions. And I did not hear the moment he said what he said. I never heard And I listen to Imus every day. I didn't hear that live. I had no idea what was going on. I was at Sirius working because I had two jobs. Shocking. I was at Sirius at the time when it came up on one of the news channels. Imus under fire. I'm like, oh, what do you do? And then they played the club. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. And then he got fired a few days later. And that was another one of those moments where I'm like, wow, we're not going to have, like, I'm going to need another job soon. This place is going under. Yeah, even when hearing about Mike and Chris breaking up, while at work, no one knew who was leaving. That was still up in the air. And then I remember also thinking, like, well, as long as it's Russo that stays, (laughs) we'll be good. Because he's the crazy one. Yeah. And then it wasn't until it was, like, the double whammy of, oh, my gosh. And then Mike just kept humming right along. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. That was uh, that. That was quite impressive. Mm-hmm. What, what he accomplished. Yeah, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't a listener to Mike, but uh, uh, that, he was, that dude was doing five and a half hours every day by himself. Unbelievable. Yep. In like we talked about, there are many days where where I'm like, ah, we could definitely do an hour, but I don't know if we had to do two hours. I, how that guy was getting doing five and a half hours by himself, I have no idea. Yep. All right, let's. Uh... Let's talk about a couple of my favorite moments from the show, and I'll ask you guys for your sort of recollections oh, okay. um, on them. Um, Jerry, there's a drop that Eddie plays of you that is probably my favorite. Okay. You, sir, die. <laughs> Where did that originate? That is a great question. <laughs> and what, who, who are you telling to die and why? I don't remember. I don't remember that... either, but all I know is if you listen to the way Jerry says it, it's in a fun manner. So he, he must have been. I think it was a podcast story. Right. Like you were like, you had to be reacting to somebody yeah, being cruel, telling somebody to die. You like mocking you, sir, it. die. Yeah. Like, oh, that's <laughs> such a nice thing to tell I somebody. I've been telling sir, Craig that. I don't remember. You, sir, die. It's also close. Uh, Typically closely followed by have a heart attack and die. <laughs> have a heart attack and die, yeah. But that's done less fun. Like, if you listen, he goes, you, sir, die. There's some fun to it. That one, he goes, have a heart attack and die. Right. That might have been a serious conversation right, that, about our mortality and you never yes. know. And Like, that felt like it was in the middle of a sentence yeah. where the other one was a fun. I uh, will tell you, those drops, my wife listens, but she doesn't listen every hour. She works and doesn't hear stuff. Eddie played a series of them, and I mean a lot of them, three weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks, weeks ago. ago maybe, yeah. Where he was, I mean, emptying the tank. And she happened to be watching that day because she works at a school, and they're off now, and she's she's listening to me. I got home. It, it bothered her. She's like, what is going through your head? I'm like, you don't understand the context and where a lot of these come from. Like, that's not just me blurting this stuff out. Sometimes it's Al reading a story about a guy molesting his own kid and it angers you, and you, and then Eddie just clips the things right. and plays them like these are just free thoughts in my mind. Bothered her. She's like, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm like, that's yeah, hard to explain. Like, it's Right, these are years and years yes. of discussions that are getting chopped It wasn't this up. morning. Right. Well, Al, don't think you're going to escape scrutiny oh. because uh, children are the rats of society. <laughs> yeah. That's what I recall vividly. I recall that, that, one, that as well. by the way, might make the calendar this year. I recall that one as well. I just... Everyone around here that has children, or there are people get ill because the children get ill. And I said the children are like rats because that's what we hear about the rats in New York City is that they the rats carried the plague way back in the day. Like rats carry disease all around, and I feel like that's what little children are doing. They've got <laughs> snot in their fingers, they're touching this, then you touch it, then you eat a apple, and then you get their illness. Like it's just it's <laughs> impossible. Well, I'm going to throw it back to some advice I gave last year. But uh, from a financial perspective, you know, don't have children. Go download the episode on the Odyssey app. <laughs> I'm good. 
My kids are the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I say when you get to the point where Jerry is now, I would, I would, if I was at the point where Jerry is now, I would feel a sense of relief. I think. No. No. Never, no. No. I mean, I had a really good friend of my son's died in a car accident uh, about a month ago, two so months you ago. you don't feel the relief. Until they're home and you're looking at them. My yeah. son had brain surgery two years ago. Like That's it, true. It doesn't. I don't think until you're laying peacefully in that grave do you ever actually relax. I really? don't. I don't think so. I feel like my dad relaxed a little bit when we all left the house. When he, like, my two sisters were married, I seemed like I wasn't going to be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice my dad calmed down some, and I Maybe. wonder if that. I haven't got there yet. Yeah. All I can tell you is that almost 19 and now 13, no. He goes out to work. When he leaves, I can't wait till he's back on the driveway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't That doesn't change. Hasn't yet. Anyway, it might. Not yet. Then I got to worry about him going to college and his friends, right. weekends, that's drinking, true. binges. I mean, I'm not stupid. And that's not uh, not very relaxing either. Good point. Well, I will say one observation that I've observed sort of in, in my life is that reducing stress is more conducive to having a everyday sort of happiness or, or well-being as opposed to sort of getting those high moments in life, which are like super, like awesome moments, right? Like you, you say, oh, like I, I went skydiving. That's a thrill. That's oh, a, the rush. A, a rush. That's like that's so awesome. Whereas I, I, I often find that like just taking things that you hate or you don't like or annoy you and eliminating from them from your everyday yeah. life might be more, um, like ow, things yeah. that. Uh, my example for you of this is you just things that you don't want to go to. You just say, I'm not doing that. Allie's wedding. Uh, that's too far. I'm not doing that. You know, yeah. like I, I, I'm still not great at that. I've gotten better at it, but I think Jerry's brought this up to me, and I think he's right. There are certain things that I obsess over that I will still get stress over that a regular person wouldn't, because I've eliminated the other stresses in life. Right. So because I don't have kids, I don't have that stress. I create dumb things to focus on and be. Um, Dumb things to give me stress that that a a person with a with a decent amount of responsibility wouldn't even think about stressing over dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. But because I don't have that, my brain still wants to lock in on something stupid and obsess over it. So this technique is not working for you. Then, it's is not. What you, no, is what you're saying. I don't think it is. Okay, that's uh, that's interesting. It, it it has worked for me. Yeah. Um, I know you guys talk about the four day work week. Um, sometimes. Yeah. I've actually been doing that since like 2019. Yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. It, Sounds uh, fantastic. It does. It reduces like like people coming after you, like asking you for stuff and like oh emails and all that. It's just like I just take a day and I just, I don't work here, you know. Yeah, like, I don't uh, do that. I'm I'm off. You're off um, three. What day do you pick uh, other than the weekend? All right, controversial. I like to pick Wednesday. Wednesday. And, and here's why. I had an idea you were going to say that. I never work more than two days in a row. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like Wednesday. I'm good with any day, to be quite honest. I personally, well, I know Tuesday sucks. It's no fuel Tuesday. Wednesday or Friday, I would like. I've come I'm against the Monday thing. I would yeah. say don't do Friday because Friday already feels like it's like yeah. you're excited. For I the agree weekend. with you. Correct. Except the last couple of times I took off Friday, I feel like on Tuesday my week's over. Sounds weird. Mondays to me are a complete waste of a day off. Because it's still you still have that Sunday feel. I don't know. You wake up Monday, it's Monday. Eh, I'd rather just go to work and burn the day. Tuesday off is not bad either. I've, I've experimented over four yeah, years. Yeah, no, I can with, imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I think the Wednesday's a good call. Yeah, Wednesday's a good day, especially consistently. Yeah. Now, with that time off, I have a theory about vacations. Okay. This is my general sec- uh, section I call this is sort of philosophies on life. Okay. Um, so if you are typically like a very active person, Jerry, mm-hmm. I have a, a quality vacation for you, I feel like, would be something that's the opposite of that. So you, if you go to, like, Mexico with mm-hmm. your wife yeah. and spend seven days at a resort, mm-hmm. hang out by the pool, yep. um, maybe do some, like, water sports activities, maybe play a little pickleball, something like that. Golf. Um, your wife golfs with you? She would, yes. Oh, okay. Um, just something relaxing. Yes, correct. That would be very beneficial for you. You've nailed it. That's what whereas, we've done. Pro- pro- before the pandemic, we did that five years in a row. Whereas for Al... You are by the beach already. Um, I know you don't go, but you could go. <laughs> I do not go right. <laughs> um, going to a seven-day all-inclusive resort in uh, uh, 
off the coast of Mexico is not going to be a substantial difference from your everyday, um, like, once you go go back from, get home from work. A good vacation for you might be something that is uh, a little bit more action, a little bit more adrenaline, something that you don't do typically. Yeah. Um, no, I still like to do nothing on vacation also. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, an all-inclusive tropical beach is different than because you're still home and you're still in your living room and you're still seeing New Jersey people walking around, like going to a tropical beach, all inclusive where you might have a, like, I, I'm never going to have a beer at two in the afternoon on a Tuesday. That just seems like a bad policy. But if I was at a beach resort, you were in Jamaica. Yeah, I'd be doing that. And I, I think, I think I'd be more relaxed. You'd be the naked guy dancing on the table. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> so no i don't like uh, unfortunately i don't like adventure on on vacations either fair enough fair enough i yeah. just uh from in, in my experience i i spent uh, a week in uh like uh, a caribbean island and towards the end i was feeling a little bit like you know I, I, people describe my lifestyle as semi-retired yeah, like, sure. this is just transitioning from semi-retired to fully retired yeah and it's fantastic i can't wait to be fully retired but um do I feel like I could have spent like a day or two of that doing something more thrilling um, or something like I won't be able to do when I'm older? Yeah. You know, that, that might have been an opportunity. We went on a trip to California, a family out there, and it was sightseeing place to place to place. I mean, I got home, I'm exhausted. That's mm-hmm. what I don't want. And then the next day, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go to work. And then I got practice. And then the next day, I got work and practice with the other team. I'm like, where's my break? Like, this is a vacation. Mm-hmm. I was so tired. So you're, and this is the last active type vacation I've taken. What about this cushion days when you get back a day off <laughs> before you? I love a cushion day. Unlike me, who I go on vacation, <laughs> I fly back Sunday afternoon. I come to work right. Monday morning. Yeah, <laughs> but you guys do that. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, Geo on his vacation got in at like ten thirty at night on yeah, Sunday. That's a little much. Oh man, I need a cushion day. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's something I might take into account. Yeah, you know, maybe, get yourself maybe a cushion day. Cushion days. But then you do feel like you wasted a vacation day sometimes. I, I agree. Like when I got back from Indiana, I took a cushion day. Yeah. And Monday, right? Well, well, I got well. I took Monday and Tuesday off. I, I got back Monday. No, but that's I, right. But I got back by noon on Monday, and yeah. I took an additional cushion day. Right. Too much. Does it, doesn't matter if you have unlimited PTO, Al. <laughs> I do not have that, I don't think. Do I? I do. That's oh, what you I'm do. saying. Mm. Although, uh, we do have an Indiana connection. I was actually born in Indiana. Is that right? What town? Uh, Lafayette, where, uh, where, where Purdue is. Oh, Purdue, yeah. Uh, my, both my parents went, went to Purdue. Jerry, I know you're, you're familiar. I've been there. Um, let me ask you this. This is something that I've been discussing with my sister on and off a couple times. We, we disagree. Um, when people ask you where your hometown is, do you say where you are born or where you spend the majority of your childhood? If anybody asks me where I'm from, I say originally born in Brooklyn, but grew up here. Okay. That's what I always say. I say where I grew up. Okay. I say I was born in in Lafayette, Indiana. Okay. And so, like, to me, hometown uh, is sort of like where you were born. Mm -hmm. Um, And you moved out of there when? When I was, like, two. So, don't remember very much of it. My sister says it's where she spent the majority of her childhood, which was... uh, think uh maryland so got it i feel like wherever you spent your like up till high school years that's where your home if, if it didn't change a lot if you were fortunate enough not sure. to be flipping all over the place mm-hmm. like where you went to high school mm-hmm. fair enough fair enough i think that's what the majority of people that yeah. i've asked that they say like where you spend your formative years but i, I just say i was born yeah in that place. Yeah, I think if I was born in a different place, that might be cool to say. I would say that, but I was like born in Jersey City. <laughs> but I don't want to say like if I was born in where did you say you were Brooklyn. born? Brooklyn, Lafayette, Indiana. I, I might go with that. It's just another interesting thing to bring up in a conversation. Yeah, I, I liked Indiana a lot while uh, while I visited. My sister lives there now. She yeah. lives in Indianapolis, so I, I enjoyed it very, very nice. Much. Yeah. Um. All right. Last one of these sort of philosophies on life. Low expectations are easy to overcome. Jerry, you ask why um, in the stock market they say, oh, our, our earnings only increased by 5%, but the stock price went down. It's because they expected the stock price to go up 10%, okay. whereas if that same company, let's say it grows 5%, if they told you, oh, our earnings are going to grow 1%, 
but it still grows that same 5%, the stock price is going to go up. It's all based on what people expect. Understood. I think where we always wonder is why people why people get laid off when earnings aren't where they need to be. It doesn't mean they didn't make money. Mm-hmm. They just didn't make as much as they were hoping for, and yet we're firing people. That might be your earnings went up 5%, but your costs, like if you give everybody a 15% raise, then you're losing money. Um, earnings is just sales, and I know there's an obsession with this sales number in the stock market. There's an obsession in, in all businesses. Like, my boss loves to talk about sales. Sure. But um, I, I, I tell him all the time, like, I don't, I don't care about sales. I care about net income. I care about how much money we make after mm-hmm. expenses. Your sales can grow up 25%, but if your expenses are growing by 50, you're losing money. No, well, that's bad business. Right. Um, so don't tell me about sales. Tell me about what's the impact on our net income. Um, after after expenses, and, but uh, this is sort of a philosophy that I think serves me well in, in in life. Have low expectations. I'll give you an example. I flew Spirit Airlines up here, and so anytime I fly anything that is not Spirit, it's like I'm being treated like it's first class. Like, what do you mean this Pepsi is free? <laughs> like, th- this is amazing. Yeah. Or I, or in that regard, I took Spirit Airlines because I couldn't get another flight last year in Myrtle Beach and was expecting a complete disaster of a flight. I remember coming back telling him, it was some of the best, two of the best flights I ever had. Like, this was great. And all they did was get us off on time and get us there. And they were nice. Yeah, I love the low expectations. I think, <laughs> I think people walk around with these sort of high expectations and they always are consistently disappointed. Yeah, probably. You just need to adjust your optimism. Yes. That Brody Van Wagen in uh, uh, yes. quote. Or uh, something about uh, something about adjusting our optimism, lowering it down to a lower level. Yeah. And then everybody will be a bit happier. That is you know? true. Just like, don't expect anything from it. That is true. You know? But you have to truly believe it. You can't just say it in your head and then have those actual expectations. That's where That's true, it gets too. tough. Give me one more because i got to do the yeah. 11. Okay. Give me a good one. I uh, I do need to send you the um, calendar quote that we talked about yeah. la- last podcast. I'll send that to you. Yes, I'll you're in it this out, year. That's right. I'll throw out a calendar quote suggestion for 2025. What about 2024? Oh, I have that for already. I, oh, okay. We, we talked about that last year. Okay. I just need to email it to you. Please email it to me because that's going into production soon. Okay. I, I will get it to you when, August. I, get, when I get back. By okay. August, definitely. By, yes, by August 1st. And I'll let you guys pick between. I have, I have two options. Okay. All right, option one. There have been 117 billion people who have walked this earth. You're not special. That's option one. Mm-hmm. Option two, life is a timing difference. Life is a timing difference? Yeah, it's all of it. I guess it's, uh, it's all just like life is just like it's all just one sort of piece of time. At the, at the end, it ends. I guess that's. Not, I guess it's not a good one if it's not easily. Yeah, I don't like think it. a lot of people understand that one. The other one, I think, it fits in more with the with the calendar. <laughs> Perfect. You're right. not special. You know, look in the mirror. No. Yeah. <laughs> You're not that important. <laughs> Just... When you die, when we won't even know. I mean, you ever look around? Not to be funny or morbid, but you ever look around at all the cemeteries? How many people are visiting? Let me ask you. No this. one. Let me, let, let me ask. <laughs> no you one cares. How many how many historical figures could you name by like full name and like occupation and that's it and then like what century? You're right. I don't know. You're right. Not a lot. 117 billion. Yeah. If you could name one billion, I'll give you my life. One savings. billion. I got over a hundred. Right. I'd sit here for three hours. Anyway, I gotta go do the eleven. All right, Jerry. Dude, awesome, Andrew. Pleasure to be here. Good to uh, have you, Andrew Lee. Is back this year. Uh, his name will be in the podcast description. You want to do Sia's at the end? Absolutely. Let's okay. do it. Uh, the warm-up program is next. That was uh, Jerry and I. We'll be back here tomorrow on a Thursday at 5 a.m. So, 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 so,